0: This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 2037. Investing a large sum of money, what to do, what not to do, and how to invest for fire, part one, by Christina Browning of ourrichjourney.com. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. I have a bit of a longer post today, so I'll read the first half and then finish the rest for you tomorrow. So with that, let's dive into part one and start optimizing your life. Investing a Large Sum of Money, What to Do, What Not to Do, and How to Invest for Fire, Part 1, by Christina Browning of OurRichJourney.com. Aman and I talk a lot about investing, mainly because investing is such a vital piece of the FIRE journey. Not only that, but Aman and I think that investing is the key to achieving financial independence. I've made our stance on investing pretty clear so far. For us, index funds, and ETFs are the way to go. But this method of investing isn't the only way to reach your financial independence goals, especially if you have a large sum of money to work with. So let's get into this. Have you found yourself with a larger chunk of money? Maybe you recently came into an inheritance. Maybe you received an unusually large tax return. Maybe you have an investment that just spurs a lot of money that you came into all at once. Whatever the reason, if you find yourself in this situation and if you focus on investing your large chunk of money the right way, you'll find that you can really build up your wealth. But if you invest the wrong way, you risk not only losing that money, but additional money as well. So what do you do when you have a large lump sum of money waiting to be invested? What's the best way to invest that money? Well, I'm going to cover three main avenues through which you can invest lump sums. But first, let me explain a couple of things you generally do not want to do. What not to do. Number one, don't just hand your money over blindly to someone to manage. Typically, you don't want to give your money to someone else to manage without first understanding how to invest yourself. You need to get your financial literacy up so that you can fully understand what's being done with your money. If you don't, Best case scenario, you could end up paying higher than necessary fees. Worst case scenario, you could be taken advantage of. This is not to say that everyone will jump at the opportunity to swindle you, but you should try to minimize this risk when at all possible by maintaining your financial literacy and by making sure those who are managing your money know that you know what you're talking about. If you have even just a general idea of what should be happening, then you'll be able to more easily spot when something isn't right with your money. Financial literacy is key. Number two, don't rely on others to make your financial decisions. Don't rely on others to help make financial decisions for you if they don't know anything about your finances. You shouldn't be asking people what to invest in or how you should be investing if those people have no idea about your personal, financial, and life goals, long-term investments, Or any other money that you might have. So make sure that first and foremost, you understand your own goals and let that guide your decision making. Number three, don't buy liabilities disguised as assets. I have a perfect example of what I mean by this timeshares. Let me make this absolutely clear. We do not view the majority of timeshares as real estate investments, instead, we view them as liabilities and they are notoriously hard to get rid of. If you buy a timeshare, don't be surprised if it follows you or even your heirs around for the rest of your or their lives. Now, of course, timeshares are just one example. Just be on the lookout for liabilities disguised as assets and stay far, far away. And number four, think twice about investing in individual stocks. If you're new to investing, I would encourage you to think twice about investing in individual stocks. I know picking and choosing stocks you're passionate about can be exciting, but this strategy will stress you out. If you do something like this without having the experience or research in place before taking that action, it can be essentially like gambling. If you're new to stock market investing, you probably don't know nearly enough yet to know how to select stocks that you can be legitimately confident in. And even if you do have a lot of knowledge and experience in investing, it's really hard to pick winners every time, if not impossible. So for peace of mind, I recommend starting off slow. In our case, the majority of the wealth Amon and I accumulated has been in index funds and ETFs. Time and time again, these investments have proven to provide us the most efficient and consistent return in the market. Okay, so now that I've gotten the things you should not do out of the way, let's go over some of the things you might want to consider doing. What to do right now. Hear that on tomorrow's episode. You just listened to part one of the post titled Investing a Large Sum of Money. What to do, what not to do, and how to invest for fire by Christina Browning of rrichjourney.com. I'm gonna add one more thing to Christina's list of what not to do. Don't invest in cryptocurrency if you're new to investing. Most people that I know who are investing in cryptocurrency are doing so with a very small percentage of their portfolio, no more than 5%. The reason is because it's a highly volatile and speculative investment. I think of it as similar to the dot-com craze in the late 90s. People could clearly see that there was value in the internet but the potential of this technology caused investors to pour money into internet companies with no proven business strategy. Some companies like Amazon survived, but many more completely failed. I'm sure there are going to be some cryptocurrencies that stand the test of time, but I don't trust myself to pick the right one, and I'm not willing to take the time and effort to study it. I also don't feel like I'm at a place in my financial journey where I'm open to taking on more risk than I already have. My asset allocation is 100% stocks and I've taken a considerable amount of risk investing in my own business. I put crypto in the same category as real estate investing. It's a more complex investment that requires much more effort than my current passive approach with low-fee total market index funds. I had a family member call me recently to ask about crypto. They had a plan to invest $100 per week in some coin that I've never heard of and they sounded super excited about the potential to win big on this investment. But the issue is that this person is in their late 30s with a considerable amount of debt and no retirement savings. Getting out of debt and investing in retirement vehicles isn't as sexy as crypto, but it's much more likely to lead to financial freedom. Well, that should do it for today. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you tomorrow, where we'll finish up this post and where your optimal life awaits.